You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 561. People need the space. That's the number one reason I would say that is increasing the demand. Home starts and new builds is like flying off the shelves right now. Like uh, the real estate market is incredibly hot. There's very, very little inventory out there in the single family space for the simple reason that nobody wants to move. If you have a single family house right now, you're not moving into an apartment, God forbid, right? But every single person living in an apartment wants into a house, especially if you're working from home and homeschooling your children. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. Excited that you're tuning in today. This is what we got in store for you. I got a question. What do you think the number one real estate asset class is to invest in right now? That's a big question. There's a lot of ways that we could be creating passive income, building our portfolio. Well, let me tell you what I got for you today. I've got a guy that's an expert single family portfolio operator. That's how he describes himself. That's pretty cool. That's pretty sexy. I like it. So this is what you're going to get by the end of this podcast, why you want to stay tuned. We're going to talk about this asset class and the top five reasons why you should be looking to invest here. So let's rock and roll on this today. I want you to welcome my guest, Dave Perichin. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. You ready to rock and roll? I'm absolutely ready to rock and roll, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Unfortunately, my partner in crime, Mr. RJ Papino, my business partner, could not join us because his lovely bride just had their first child yesterday. So we're dedicating this episode to baby Leone, who's still in the hospital today. She healthy baby girl. So that's a big day, man. That's an exciting yeah. day around there, man. You guys got a lot going on. Excited about that, but very excited to tell all of your listeners why single family affordable real estate, especially in the suburbs, by far and wide, will crush any other real estate asset class out there right now. I'm ready to rock. Well, that's a big statement. Let's see Let's if go. we can back it up today. Let's I'll go. Like so for those that don't know you, Dave, give a quick intro. How long you've been in the game, where you're located, all that type of stuff. Absolutely. Just a quick background is I'm a kid from Cleveland. And right after high school, I packed up my bags and I was going to do construction. I went out and moved to Arizona. They were building houses. The year was 2000. Uh, I got in real estate, started wholesaling in 2005. I uh, got crushed in real estate because I didn't understand anything about finance in 07 and 08. But what I did learn from that experience in the financial crisis of 08 was I wanted cash flow. So I licked my wounds after that, hightailed it back to Ohio, which is in the Midwest, as you no. And it's great for affordable housing. That's when I got started buying rentals in 2012. And my business partner, RJ, and I have built a, uh, a pretty sizable portfolio here. We're continuing to buy. We're in multiple markets, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Dayton, Ohio. And you know, we, we've been through it all, Chris. Honestly, every from, from beginning to end, every facet of single family affordable housing from the finance to the construction to the property management, acquisitions, 
everything you can imagine. So we've kind of seen it all and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share with you and, and all of your listeners some of the things that we've found. Hey, man, let's do it. So I want to do this kind of like a countdown, right? Yeah, everyone does the five reasons. Why don't we start at like five, work down to one. Have a little bit of fun with this. So the top five reasons, let's start with number five. Number five is demand. What are you seeing here when it comes to this side of demand for these particular areas? So we're coming out of a global pandemic Okay. More companies than ever before are now allowing their employees to work from home, as you know. And in fact, companies are finding themselves not only to be more profitable by getting rid of their office space and letting people work from home, but they are letting or they're finding their staff to be more productive as well. So people need the space, guys. I mean, it used to be a thing when a couple was shopping or a family was shopping for a house, they wanted his and her sinks or his and her closets. Now people need his and her Zoom rooms. I'm coming to you from home. My lovely bride is is out in another room. I'm sure you're at home as well. In fact, more and more people are working from home. So the demand for space, nobody wants to be in an apartment right now. So really we're comparing single family living to an apartment. I mean, could you imagine being in an apartment? And most people need to, if you have kids, they got to homeschool their children, mandated homeschooling. You got kids running around, you're trying to get work done. People need the space. So the demand post COVID is through the roof. I mean, people need the space. That's the number one reason I would say that is increasing the demand. Home starts and new builds is like flying off the shelves right now. Like uh, the real estate market is incredibly high. There's very, very little inventory out there in the single family space for the simple reason that nobody wants to move. If you have a single family house right now, you're not moving into an apartment, God forbid, right? But every single person living in an apartment wants into a house, especially if you're working from home and homeschooling your children. Yeah. And this is, you know, extremely logical. And I think all of us, whether we're running teams and stuff like that, or we have friends that are now working from home. That whole dynamic of space will either make or break that process. The smaller the space, the more likely, right, that that structure is going to break down because there's not room to work, to live, to teach your kids, et cetera. And the fact that, you know, this whole crisis has pushed people into needing bigger space because they're going to be working from home makes complete sense. I'd probably say, Dave, there's probably not been a time that you know, let's say over the last X amount of time, that you're going to probably see this type of push for this type of product because of this. Well, I mean, we can we can even piggyback on what we've already stated, but there's curfews, mandated curfews everywhere. More and more people are eating at home. You want a big kitchen. You don't want to be cooped up in an apartment kitchen. You know, and since we're forced to stay home, you wouldn't you rather have the space? I think the space is the a big thing. And the yard, right? I mean, you want a yard. I mean, um, I know my family and I, we have two and a half acres here in Ohio, and this has really been the saving grace. I mean, we spend so much time at home. It's nice just to get out, walk around and get some nature on your own property. I agree with that. And if people, let me ask this, feel like they might not be vacationing as much either because of risk or saving on expenses, they at least want to feel that they've got room around where they live to enjoy that. Like, you know, it's funny. I know that pool sales have gone way up, right? People are building pools because they're like, well, I'm going to 
probably do a little bit more staycation than the traditional vacation. Would you say that that's accurate? Think about it. A Peloton, the company, people are working out at home. That's through the roof. Video game stocks and companies are making more money than ever before. The list just goes on and on of stay at home type of businesses are all thriving right now. And that just supports my thesis that the demand for single family housing far outweighs any other real estate asset class. I mean, we're not even going to, we're just going to talk about uh, residential living real estate. We don't even need to get into like retail real estate. That's gone. I mean, just might as well level office real estate. We're not even going to go down that path. So really the, the gist of our conversation will be comparing it to apartment living. Everybody's forced to stay at home and the stay at home businesses are thriving just for all these reasons. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to take one step back. Will you define for us suburban? Because there's suburban areas and then there's rural areas, right? Now where you're getting even further out past the city limits, a bit of the smaller, more country towns. I'm a Texas guy, right? So, you know, we get calls in from some of those areas. Are you latching rural in with suburban or is there a distinct uh, difference there? The numbers speak for themselves. Both are blowing up. People want rural if they can get it. You know, but worst case scenario, they'll take suburban. I'll tell you where people don't want to be. And that kind of will get us into another point. But nobody wants to be downtown anywhere right now. Right. So people are moving out. Let me ask you this. You're a Texas guy. That's great. Think about people in like the, the most inflated real estate market in our country the Bay Area, California, right? People who are working for these big tech companies, prices are way overinflated, way through the roof. It's so expensive to live there. And now your boss tells you that you don't have to take a pay cut and you get to work from home. You're hightailing it out of California. I know so many people are just fleeing California right now, going to places like Nevada, where you could get big land. These over New York City, people are vacating New York faster than anything, right? Nobody wants to be in these dense areas anymore. So yeah, if you can get rural is blowing up right now. Land sales are blowing up right now. Home starts are blowing up right now. Suburban home sales, there's no inventory on the market. No, because if you have one, you're not selling it. And, you know, basically, if you are selling it, it's gone in one day. And that's the entire country right now, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you where else they're coming. They're coming to Tulum, Mexico, where I live, too. <laughs> I'm not we far behind, brother. They, I, they refer to themselves as the digital nomads. They have now shown up on the doorstep of Tulum, and they're here. So let's go to number four. Fourth reason to look at this is because of COVID directly. What are we seeing here in relation to that? Sure. And the point that I'm making here, Chris, is, you know, in comparing single family to apartment living, think about it. You know, in apartment living, you're crawling all over each other. It is legitimate fear. I don't know what your sentiment is towards the virus, but we have to respect everybody's sentiment and what they feel about it. A lot of people are really afraid of it. And, you know, when you're living in that fear, you don't want to be close to people. Unfortunately, it's how it is. I mean, it's six feet social distancing, the whole deal. Could you imagine living in an apartment where your neighbors are crawling all over you? Not to mention you're stuck at home the whole time. Everybody else is stuck at home the whole time. And if you have fear of uh, the virus, the last thing you want to be is close to your neighbors. The term that comes to me for that is I think people walk around with a little bit of suspicion now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that The way that I would say that is I would imagine that suspicion is going to breed the fact that people want some further distance from each other. 
Absolutely. And that just goes to reinforce the space psychologically that people have had for safety. It's crazy. Don't you notice the difference even when you're just walking down a hallway? You know, I saw you recently out in Florida and we were at a nice event, but even like strangers, you know, people, people just are, don't want to be as close to each other as we used to. It's true. I I will agree with that point and definitely say that that's another one chalked up for a reason why people would do that. Makes complete sense. So let's go to number three. You know, downtown metro areas, what's happening there that might not be happening in these rural suburban areas? What are we seeing here as a potential another motivation or something that's, you know, influencing people to head out more to the country? We, it is an election year. And like I already mentioned, it is the year 2020. The month is October. I mean, it is a very, very crazy world out there right now. People are rioting. People are protesting. Crime is through the roof in most downtown areas. I know it is, you know, where I live and many, many other dense urban downtown areas. There's protests happening everywhere. Vandalism happening everywhere. I mean, people are getting killed out there. I'm not for or against any of this stuff. I don't even want to get into that, but it's just happening. I'm not going down there. People are afraid. Why would anyone want to live downtown in the first place? Let's ask ourselves that. Well, you want to be close to amenities. You want to be close to walking distance to, you know, parks and, you know, basically restaurants and the best restaurants and bars previously were in downtown areas. Now, nobody, you know, my family and I, we used to go downtown all the time. We won't even go down there anymore. It's like a war zone, quite honestly. The crime is through the roof. But, you know, people used to pay a premium to be downtown for those reasons, the amenities and walking distance. Now, with the crime being so high, right, why would anyone pay a premium to live in a downtown area setting when the crime is through the roof, it's, you're, you're crawling all over, you don't have the space like we've already talked about, and the amenities are gone. There's mandated curfews, right? These restaurants and stuff, a lot of them are going out of business, I mean, unfortunately. So, I mean, the, the crime is a very much a factor on why, that's why I throw the suburban in there. People would much rather be in the suburbs than in a downtown type of setting in today's times, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think you had a sub point there that I think is interesting, and the further you kind of go away from the city and more out to the country, probably the less regulation, the less everyone watching you type piece where you can kind of get out there and feel like you got some breathing room, right? Not everybody's eyeing you. So I can imagine people are like, not do I just want to get away from people for safety, but I want to get away from people so that whatever my belief system is around this, like I can do my thing and not be bothered. So I think that's another great point. So let's go down to number two. This is an interesting one, but we live in a culture now where the dynamic of this, again, I'm married to a wife that loves animals and pets and dogs. I laugh, Dave, we live in Tulum and we have a lot of what we call street dogs, right? So she packs the back car with these little food packs. And when we see a dog, we'll pull over and she'll get out and pour it out and feed them. <laughs> like, so I'm married to someone where, you know, pets and animals mean a lot. So What are we seeing here with this dynamic to continue to influence people in their decision-making? 
I have a very, very, some very interesting statistics and your listeners could fact check this because I was blown away when uh, I just kind of saw something on Facebook one day and then I started researching and I'm like, this is unbelievable. But at first I have a question. You're in Tulum. I've been through Central America. I've spent a lot of time in Guatemala and the locals all have a little secret, you know, because there's wild dogs in, in many places. Dogs. They are. So does this work for the wild dogs on the streets of Tulum, Mexico? If you don't want a dog to approach you, you just bend over and act like you're picking up a rock and will it run away? That's true. <laughs> a lot of dogs that uh, have that fear because rocks have been thrown on That's actually Isn't that funny? Like it works all over the world. But, and I highly encourage uh, you and your listeners to uh, check this out, but the demand for pets, and you know, especially here in America, we love our animals here. That's not that way all over. I'm really happy about the dogs there in Tulum. It's so nice of your wife to pull over because I guarantee a lot of the locals are not doing that, right? But here in America, we love our pets. And when we're forced to be home, Unfortunately, the sentiment right now is lonely. It's one of lonesome. I mean, statistically, in all the studies that they're doing, alcohol and drug use is up, and there's a lot of stuff. People are stuck at home. The sentiment is lonely. So the demand for pets is at a 20-year high. In fact, many humane societies, and you can share this with your wife. I'm sure she's going to be thrilled when she hears this, are sold out. They have no pets. Like people have embraced the pets and that further reinforces, hey, if you got a pet, most apartment living situations won't even let you have a pet. You're stuck. It's like a prison. Uh, apartment living is basically like a prison at this point. You're paying a premium for amenities that you can't go to, right? You're not allowed to have a pet, but people want pets. So I know we have two dogs. It was great. We got our, our last puppy right before the uh, pandemic came. So uh, we've been able to spend a ton of time with the dog and it's helped us pass the time. It really is a loving, nurturing thing. Do you have pets, Chris? We don't. We just uh, take care of all the animals of Tulum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really interesting. And you can check that out, the demand for pets. And you know what? You know who's making a killing right now? We talked about all the various businesses who are you know, monetarily, you know, really boosted up from this whole COVID stuff. Dog breeders are charging double of what they used to. They're still breeding and the dog prices have gone sky high. Humane societies are basically sold out and you don't get that with apartment living. You don't, you want a pet. People want pets right now. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Absolutely. It was funny, Dave. You say this, I haven't really connected my diet. It's always interesting. Like, what's gone up and what's gone down. Like you hear something like, oh, I didn't realize that COVID would have affected that really positively, really negatively. But I was just at a little barbecue and there were three other couples there that we went to the barbecue and two of them, literally all within the last month of those couples had gotten new dogs. I just oh. didn't but literally, so that was like more than 50% of the three people there as couples got dogs. You I don't even need to research it. You're seeing it. You're seeing I see it. it. I'm sure I see it. It's funny. I, I definitely see it. So <laughs> let's come down to this number one reason, right? Yes. Um, on why people are making a move out to the suburban areas and why if you're building your rental portfolio, yes. you should be doing this. Let's talk about cost. What's happening there? Check this out. And I'm so excited to share this. And we can really get into this. And this is going to provide a lot of value to your listeners. Right now, the interest rates are artificially low. 
we have rock bottom, ridiculously low interest rates. And the reason people say artificially low, what that means is low interest rates should be a reward for a country or for, you know, for having a surplus of money. We don't have a surplus of money. Our country right now is just printing money like crazy. It's it's terrible. It's actually bad for the economy, like in the long term of what they're doing. But interest rates are insanely low. And I mean, we're getting banks offering us money right now at three and a half percent. I mean, we, we can buy these things. So if you're living in an apartment house, let's stick to our comparison here, and you're paying a premium for the amenities that you can't go visit, and you, you're paying a premium and you can't have a pet, and you don't have the space to move around, anything like that, and the bank is willing to give you dirt cheap money, right? And if you're buying a, an owner-occupant property, you can get 2.5% money right now, a primary residence money, and it's going probably lower. And Jay Powell from the Fed has already said they're not raising interest rates anytime soon. So your payment will be lower on, in most areas, right, on a 2,500 or 3,000 square foot home simply because the money is so cheap right now than your lease would be in an apartment where you don't get any of the the things that you would want. So the money is so cheap right now. Every single real estate investor should absolutely be tying up and getting as much low interest, long-term money as you possibly can. It's the ultimate trade. And here's, here's a big, big reason why. As you know, and everyone knows, they're printing money like it's going out of style. It's absolutely crazy what's going on. What is that going to cause? Inflation. Inflation is when the prices go up. 10 years from now, we're going to have five, $10. They're already over $5. We're going to have $10, you know, uh, loaves of bread, right? That's like the, the analogy people say, you know, you meet an old person and they say, oh, when I used to go to rock concerts, it's only $10 for a ticket. Now it's a hundred. Oh, when I was young, a cheeseburger only cost a nickel. And now it's a dollar. That's inflation. Well, prices are going to go up. And if a bank is willing to give you long-term fixed low cost money, you got to think prices are going to continue to go up, especially on real estate, right? And your payment is not going to go up. So the dollars that you are using to pay this bank back are going down in value while the asset that you own is going up in price, right? And the basically think 10 years from now, this your payment is fixed. You're using these dollars. 10 years from now, the dollars are worth less than they are today. 20 years from now, the dollars are worth less than they are today. And you get to write off some of the interest as well. So if you're getting a two and a half percent loan right now, factor in your, you know, uh, writing off the tax deductions and then the inflation, what's your true net cost of that money? It's like 1% money. It's like ridiculous. So people can afford everything that they want that we've discussed, you know, the space and the, you know, out of the crime and the whole thing. You can actually afford it and afford all the space simply because the money is so cheap right now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting if I look at your five points and I think anyone listening goes, this is completely logical. I don't need to have to break this down much further because we're seeing it and experiencing it ourselves with the social circles that we run in with friends and family. But a couple of underneath threads that I hear what's driving this is fear, right? A couple of your points are fear-based decision. And we know that fear as well as pain, right, are two things that really motivate people to make a change or do something different. I know a lot of people right now that have made changes that they might not have because they have fear. Again, Tulum, how many people have 
wanted to come live in a foreign country like Tulum, but haven't. And I asked him, why did you decide to do it now? Because so many people have. It's like, it was the thing that got me off the fence. I had these fears of not doing it, but now, you know, the fear of what I'm experiencing in the U.S. is different enough to overcome the fear of living in a foreign country. The second kind of layer underneath I hear what you're talking about, Dave, is just necessity, right? In order for me to work from home, to, you know, take care of an animal and provide a place for my kids to play and so forth and, you know, have just a lifestyle from a home standpoint that's comfortable that we can enjoy, that's a necessity, right? So I think that your points are really driven by psychological things like fear and necessity that really do drive decision-making for us as human beings. So definitely a big observation there on your points. Excellent, man. And the the fiscal part of it is just the long-term money. I mean, have you ever seen interest rates as low as they are right now? Probably not. And uh, if we can lock that up for 30 years, that long, I think it's the best long-term play all of us can do. Absolutely. So if you are tuning in, as always, you want to put a face with the name, go check us out on YouTube. Take a look at Dave and I just kicking it here, him with his backwards hat. Cool background. We were talking about that. So go to Chris Arnold Real Estate and subscribe over there. So Dave, we didn't talk about lining this up, but we do have a couple minutes. For those listening, do you have any potential practical structure on how you're building your rental portfolio? Absolutely. Hey, I hear what you're saying, but I'm a little bit newer to the business. Dave, would you mind just breaking down kind of in basic format how you're building your rental portfolio in the sense of financing it and so forth? Give us a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's very, very well thought out stuff. You know, this is all we do, Chris. So really what we do is we raise private capital and we use that private capital to buy off-market deals from motivated sellers, like I assume a lot of your listeners do. And we will fix these properties up and then we will do a glorified burr, which is, you know, do a refinance after the home is fixed up, acquired with private money, fixed up with private money. And then we will put permanent financing on our homes in the form of a bank. And basically, you know, we look for properties where the rent to value ratio continues to make sense. So where what that product looks like here in the Midwest in Ohio is we like properties really valued on the low end, 100,000, on really the highest end, right about 200 or 220. Because in our markets, after you get above the 220, like for instance, a $200,000 ARV house, that's going to rent for, let's just call it $2,000. Well, then a $220,000 house is still renting for $2,000. A $250,000 house is maybe $2,050. So the rents just stop keeping up with the value right in right above you know, 200 in our market. And then below 100 ARV, it tends to get a little bit more in the C-class. And with, that's where we got our start. We still own a lot of homes and kind of the lower end parts of Columbus. But, you know, we've been able to kind of rebuild our business up so we don't really need to be in the lower parts. They're great for cash flow, but sometimes they're more management intensive. So we want to be, you know, right in that bread and butter. We love homes that have a garage. And you know what we love even more, Chris, is when the resident that we bring in fills the garage with all of their crap because that means they're not going to move out anytime soon. No one wants to move. And we love pricing our rents very affordable. We're not trying to gouge this person for every last dollar because we're thinking long-term. We want to lock these people in there for a long, long time. And we do have residents that have been with us for years and years and years, have no intentions of moving. So for your listeners, if you're kind of new to this, 
you know, always go for the longevity of a rental rather than try to just make as much money in one month as you possibly can. Because you got to think every time a resident moves out, now you got to turn the property, you got to invest a couple thousand dollars, go for the long haul. And even if that means kind of very making your rents more affordable rather than trying to get as much as you possibly can. Absolutely. So if you're tuning in, you're like, man, I really love what Dave's doing here. I want to get some more value. I want to follow. The great thing about Dave is he just loves to come in and add value. I was talking to him about it. He's like, dude, I produce just a lot of great content, no strings attached for free. So that just lets us know, man, you just got the heart of a teacher. So for those listening that go, man, I like this guy. I want to learn more about this strategy. I think he's on to a great play for me for 2021. Where do they follow you? Where do they go to? Thank you. Yeah. So our brand is the cream and the cream stands for cash flow, real estate, and money. And if you are tuning in on the YouTube channel, you can see my background is the cream. And if somebody wants to follow me, you can find myself and my business partner, RJ Papino, online. And our website is risewiththecream.com. Because Chris, finish this phrase, the cream always goes where? Rise to the top. That's right, buddy. That's what we're doing. Risewiththecream.com is our site. That's good. I like it. It's creative and uh, I love the acronym that you've got in there as well. To the rest of you tuning in, as always, man, I'm going to, you just teed this up for something that I'm super passionate about, Dave, um, and that's radio. Radio is the number one way to advertise to people in rural areas. I will tell you that the students in REI Radio will tell you, hey, I'm so used to doing deals in my local city. When I launch radio, it covers such a wide area that all of a sudden I'm getting calls in areas that are outside what I'm used to working. And Dave's coming in here and flipping it and saying, that's an incredible thing. If you're looking at the opportunity that's there, you're looking at these as an ability to build a rental portfolio. We're always talking about, okay, here's a strategy. Well, how do I create traffic to fulfill that strategy? And Dave, I'm telling you, radio is a fantastic way to do it because that's the thing that's getting into the ears and in front of people that are outside of just the city itself. So as always, if you're tuning in, uh, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Book a call, see if your market is open. And uh, we definitely have students that are utilizing radio to fix and flip, to wholesale, hotel, build rental portfolios, and on top of that, do creative financing. We all might have different exit strategies, Dave, but reality is we all need the same lead opportunity, and that's motivated sellers for whatever we want to do. So Dave, man, thanks for coming in today. I always like a fresh topic, fresh perspective, something that's going to kind of get us thinking a little bit differently, and you brought that today. You're exposing an opportunity and some of the upsides of what we've just gone through. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And to the rest of you guys, thank you so much as always for tuning in. Until next time, we will catch you soon when we add more value. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.